you are tuned in to CFCR 90.5 FM, it's time for the nerdy news. It's Punch Radio, and we're one man down. I repeat, Punch Radio is Craigless. Craigless this week. Aw. We'll get more of him later. But we do have Hank. Hank stood up, and he has some good TV advice for us. He's going to talk about the idol, I Think You Should Leave, Joe Pickett, and more. And Brennan went to yet another comedy show. He went and saw the two deadly uh, comedy shows. And he also has a few views on Across the Spider-Verse, the new animated Spider-Man movie. Well, we need somebody talking about that today, so I guess it's Brennan. I guess it's Brennan. We are going to talk about a bunch of stuff, some comics, a graphic novel, TV show, and a documentary. So why don't we start with comics? Sure. So last week, I was in the store talking with a customer, and we were talking about how great Hip Hop Family Tree is. The Ed Piscor book, which delves into the history of hip hop. It's amazingly illustrated. Uh, you learn a ton about the that particular genre by reading it. You, you do get an education, and it's entertaining as all heck. And he brought up a book that came out quite a long time ago, uh, by Vertigo. Vertigo doesn't even exist as a publishing house anymore. It's an offshoot of DC. It's called Sentences, and it's written by Percy Clary, uh, Carey, and it is the story of M.F. Grimm, who is a big hip-hop artist back in the day. I wasn't super familiar with his work, and I didn't know that this particular book existed. It got loaned to me. I really, really dug it, so I showed it to Dave, and you really dug it. Yeah, I like the idea of hip-hop and comic books crossing over, and we've seen that done successfully before, like you mentioned with the, uh, is it History of Hip-Hop? Hip-Hop Family hip -hop Tree. Hip-Hop Family Tree series, and I mean, I, I always think of like how Digital Underground back in the 90s used to often release a little comic strip with the liner notes of every album which was really just something that George Clinton always liked to do, sort of a hip-hop godfather, um, taking it way, way back into the 70s with this crossover between funk and hip-hop and comic strips. This is a much more serious comic book, yeah. though. Percy has a serious story to tell. Uh, he's had a rough life filled with lots of success, and he really doesn't try to glamorize either side. He just tells it to you really straight. And the artwork of Ronald Wimberly, who's also drawn for comics like Swamp Thing before, does a really good job of telling this story in black and white. Perfect way to reflect like the stages Grimm performed on, the neighborhoods he lived in, and the prison cells that he spent time in also. It, it has a really nice format. I like that it's loose. There aren't rigid panels. It's not like a whole bunch of squares. Every page has its own thing going on, depending on what part of the story you're telling. So it's really, really well done. And uh, yeah, sometimes the hip-hop comics hit. Sometimes they miss. Like the DMC, Daryl, he made a comic. Not that great. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Yeah. And there have been a lot of others, but uh, this one stood out. I was very impressed, and uh, I appreciate the, the loan. So shout out to Riley. Thank you, sir. Really dug that quite a bit. So if people 
want to read it and don't know Riley. I know that this is out of print, but do you think this is maybe something you could find in a library? Or sure. That's probably your best bet if you're not looking to like buy a used copy online. That would be it because it is hard to get your hands on and it is out of print. So I guess I'm saying, DC, you own the rights to this. Get it in print again because people need to see it. Yeah, and anybody who enjoys MF Grimm's music should read this comic. I'm sure it would like enrich future listening for sure. Absolutely. Well, it was a big week for number ones being released. We got Sins of the Salton Sea. This is the new one from Ed Brisson. He's always good. Uh, John Lehman has a new book. So if you were fans of Chew, he's got a new one called In Hell We Fight. Marvel has another number one. Loki has a good cover. We'll leave it at that. Mad Cave, You've Been Cancelled, kind of interesting, but the one that really shone for me is the new one from Lonnie Nadler, it's called The Sickness. Now, Lonnie Nadler's Canadian, so yay, Canadian. He put out a book last year, a couple years ago, called Black Stars Above, and he made this with Jenna Cha, who he also has made this book with. She does the art, he does the story, and uh, Black Stars Above is like kind of supernatural slash history book. It's really, really good. You definitely want to like check that one out if you haven't. Uh, it was long listed for our, uh, the Bram Stoker Award. But this is different. This is kind of set in the 50s. It's a very small town. It's the American dream. There's been a murder where a woman has butchered her family. And there's kind of like this weird kid and he's like sitting in a diner BSing with his buddies, which is my favorite part of the comic. The, the dialogue between the guys in the booth is really, really good. They're preparing for a fishing derby and uh, the kid's distracted. And uh, I think with good reason, we're going to find out a lot more. It's weird, but I love the style of the art um, and the storytelling is really compelling. They string you along and they give you a, a lot of information but like i don't know what's gonna happen i don't know what the sickness is i'm and gonna read this one I, I haven't read it yet but just watching you flip through it the art is singular yeah it's really really good so i'm quite excited about that one so if you can pick it up get yourself a copy of the sickness okay let's leave comics there for now we'll throw things over to hank and and his tv news and he's going to put in a plug for punch tv as well so stay tuned for that and then we will hear from brennan and then we will come back and talk about some tv stuff so take it away fellas hey punchers it's me hank and for the second time this year i am craigless i'm without craig <laughs> sans craigers he's not here that's right craigless is almost as bad as being eisnerless right jody ah you see what I did there? Nobody else gets the joke, but in the future, you know, a few weeks from now, you will get the joke, and then it'll be a callback, and then if you like, you think it's so funny. Anywho, Craig, he's under the weather, and hopefully he's at home, in bed, watching TV. Now, there's a few shows that I'm going to talk about today. One is brand new. It is called The Idol. It is uh, co-created by Sam Levinson, who was part of Euphoria. Now, Craig loves Euphoria. I love Euphoria. So I'm thinking, ooh, this is an HBO show and they're letting Sam Levinson do uh, his thing again here. Okay. 
Okay, going to check it out. Now, the brief synopsis of the show is that after a nervous breakdown derailed Jocelyn's last tour, she's determined to claim her rightful status as the greatest and sexiest pop star in America. Her passions are reignited by this seedy nightclub owner with a sordid past. Will her romantic awakening take her to glorious new heights? Or the deepest, darkest depths of her soul? Bum, bum, bum. Well... With only one episode out there, I don't really know how to answer that question yet. But what shocked me, one, is that it was only one episode released. Because now what a lot of shows are doing is giving you two or three episodes right at the start so you can get into the show. So right now it's too early to tell, I think. Although if you look at many reviews on the internet, they're saying that it's not the show you should be watching. But... I thought it was okay so far because what it appears to be is that the Britney Spears character had a mental breakdown. She has now got a new album that's ready to come out and she's going to start her comeback. Why? Because there's so many people on her team that need to get paid. So it's all about money and then she's starting to realize that and then she meets this uh, creepy nightclub guy and uh, somehow... Um, starts falling for him, I think, which uh, I don't know after the first episode how that's going to work out. But the CD nightclub guy is played by The Weeknd. So The Weeknd, uh, who now wants to be called uh, Abel, I believe, um, and not The Weeknd. But uh, I, I don't know about his performance yet. Uh, again, too early to tell. So after a, uh, a couple more episodes, it should be okay. Uh, but there was uh, some controversy with the show when it was about to be released, uh, with things happening on set. It got bad reviews at some film festivals. But again, with one episode, I'm going to give it one more. So everybody, if you watch the first episode, you're like, oh, I can't wait. It's like, yeah, let's give it two or three and see where the story's going first. But if uh, the CBC uh, article uh, review that went up, uh, the the headline is The Idol, The Weekend Sam Levinson Successfully Dodged Decent Storytelling in HBO Slog. So that's just an example of many of the review headlines that are out there right now. So um, hopefully it gets better. Uh, it gets better, but we will keep you posted on that. Uh, another show I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. Season 3 just dropped. Now, it's uh, a sketch comedy show starring Tim Robinson. It is one of the only shows over the last few years that's actually made me laugh out loud. Now, a lot of time I think things are funny, but it takes a lot to really laugh out loud now because after watching so many TV shows, so many movies, so much stand-up comedy and everything, it's just tough to be like finding things that are like, <laughs> but Tim, he knows how to make me laugh. So his new season, the third season, is out now on Netflix. I did, uh, when I was looking it up online uh, on the Wikipedia, I thought uh, this was quite amusing because it says most of the sketches revolve around someone making an embarrassing mistake in a social or professional setting, then refusing to admit it to and instead admit to it, sorry, and instead stubbornly attempting to convince everyone that they're right and the people around them are wrong. That sums up many of the sketches for the first uh, two seasons for sure. But then here, the series leans heavily on cringe comedy with elements of surreal humor. It also incorporates toilet humor, though this often serves to be subverted in unexpected ways. Uh, that is an interesting way to put it, but I can't disagree. I can't disagree. One thing I will say is it is hilarious, and because uh, it is short episodes, uh, it's easy to fit in your TV viewing schedule. So that is on Netflix. I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. And finally, season two of Joe Pickett 
is out on Paramount+. Plus. Now, Paramount+, Plus took over the show. It was released on a network that I had never heard of for season one. Then, because of its popularity, Paramount+, Plus uh, picked it up. So now it is a Paramount+, Plus exclusive show. So what I read is that in season two, Wyoming game warden Joe Pickett discovers a hunter murdered in the mountains and realizes... His is just one of a series of gruesome murders. To solve the case and catch the killer, Joe must navigate a radical anti-hunting activist, a ghoulish set of twins living off the grid, who you get to see in episode one. Because I watched the first episode, and these ghoulish set of twins living out, uh, so these creepy hillbillies that are living out in the middle of nowhere, yeah, they're, they're creepy. And he has got to deal with his own tortured past. Poor Joe. So Joe and his wife, Mary Beth, discovered that the murdered men weren't as innocent as they seemed. Ooh, intriguing. But when they dig too deep, they're forced to go on the run and fight for their very lives. Just like in season one, when they were forced to fight for their very lives. I'm thinking in season three, Joe and his wife, Mary Beth, might have to fight for their very lives again. So I don't know. But so far, uh, episode one, it honestly was pretty boring uh, halfway through. And then all of a sudden, when he uh, got on a horse and he's out in the woods and he stumbles upon these twins, things have taken a turn now and we're in it to win it. So my wife and I are watching that. And uh, she said that she uh, was excited about it as well. So there you go. Joe Pickett on Paramount+. Plus. Now quickly, I will give a uh, shout out to are the best TV show uh, in the land, uh, Punch TV. So those of you that are listening to Punch Radio, hopefully you're always watching Punch TV. But now, if you go to YouTube and go at PunchYXE, slowly but surely, new episodes are going to be put up there. There's going to be all uh, things from our past Punch festivities will be up on the YouTube. So for everything Punch, that will be the hub. So of course, Facebook, you could go at PunchYXE. The Instagram, oh, that's where that's where it is, at PunchYXE. Now, YouTube at PunchYXE. And the podcast that is taking this episode you're listening to right now. So if you're listening to it right now on CFCR 90.5 FM right here in Saskatoon, awesome. If you want to listen to it again, it'll be up on the internets on uh, Apple Music Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, I guess. And then on uh, Spotify. It's also on Podbean, a few other uh, podcasting places. And then eventually it'll all be on YouTube as well. So I would recommend that you uh, subscribe to at PunchYXE on YouTube. And uh, in the future, there's going to be some premium stuff going up there. So uh, check back often, and uh, there you go. So that is about it for me. Hopefully Craig will be back next week. And back to you, Jody. Hello, Punch listeners. It's Brennan here once again with some information to help change your life. That's right. We're not here just to entertain. We are here to give you suggestions to improve your life and quite possibly make you a better person or at least someone that knows things they can say at a party and, you know, entertain their friends. Uh, today I'm going to talk about a couple of different things. Uh, the first one I'm going to comment on quickly because I'm sure it's going to be talked about a lot, but I want to throw my, my two cents in. And then I'm going to talk about live comedy. Yes, again, I had a chance to see some live comedy here in Saskatoon, and I want to take a moment to talk about it. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about very quickly, because I'm sure that um, if Hank and 
Craig, don't talk about it, that everybody else will be, but here's my very quick two cents. If you have not seen Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse yet, go and see it. If you liked the first animated, not the first anime, but the last one, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, you know just how groundbreaking it was for the animation style and the storyline and just considered, in my mind, one of the greatest Spider-Man if not one of the greatest superhero movies ever made, and I say that in all seriousness. This is just building on to that legacy. Um, if you liked Into the Spider-Verse, you will love Across the Spider-Verse. It's everything that you liked about the last one, but even more of it, um, and even taking some more chances with animation and animation styles, how you'll have a certain spider character in their universe, and every, I mean, okay, every universe has its own distinct style, but even within certain scenes, they will change the color palette a little bit and change the animation style to fit the emotions of what's happening in the scene. So it still looks like the same universe, but even within the universe, it has its own changing and morphing. And not a spoiler, but it actually begins on uh, Spider-Gwen and, and Gwen Stacy, and her story becomes a lot more center in this, which I didn't expect and which I quite enjoyed. So I like the fact it's just not based on Miles Morales. I'm not saying I'm anti-Miles. It's just they start with some other characters first and then bring them in. So, 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 so good. Go, go check it out. I don't even want to go into details because I want to talk about my other thing, but go check it out. But when you're done watching Spider-Man, I had the chance. Well, I was going to say go check this out, but you can't because it's already done. It just happened. <laughs> but if you had the chance... Last Tuesday at the Broadway Theater, um, I got to go check out the Deadly Aunties perform at the Broadway Theater. That's right. So it was the all-Indigenous comedy show called The Two Deadly Show, and it was hosted by Comedy Picnic's Afrin Sarka. He's the one who, who uh, got all this organized. Uh, the show is featured The Deadly Aunties and The Deadly Uncles from The Feather News, which is a satire news series on APTN and uh, Lumi. Uh, the comedians include Stephanie uh, Pengawish, Shai Sapp, Sherry McKay, Ryan Moccasin, and Sean Kuthand. Uh, Sean Kuthand, also uh, from Saskatoon, and he was one of five Saskatoon Indigenous artists that was involved with the National Arts Center's uh, Indigenous Cities Project, where they got to uh, explore the shared memories and stories of Indigenous members of the community through audio presentations, trying to connect stories to locations in the city. And he did one with a relative about um, how the landscape has changed and, um, you know, how at one point there were buffalo outside where Midtown Plaza would have been and that type of thing. The show itself was hilarious. It was an amazing encapsulation of uh, Indigenous comedy. But every, every style was a little bit different. So the Deadly Aunties are were kind of like definitely sort of like the draw. They're the ones that made up the bulk of the show and, and it was kind of focused on them. What was fascinating, that, what I found interesting, fascinating, is that Stephanie uh, Pangawish, part of the reason that they had the show brought to Saskatoon was because uh, last Tuesday when she was performing, she had received her Bachelor of Arts, I believe. I believe it was Arts or Education. Someone can fact check that for me in indigenous culture. So she had just convocated that day, got her degree from the U of S, and then did a comedy show that night. It was a hilarious show. Um, it was nice seeing 
uh, different versions of comedians. Um, some were quite newer to it. Some um, are quite more well-established. And it was a really funny way of helping sort of break social norms, talk about maybe some serious social issues uh, in a way that was uh, enjoyable and just a really good night. So um, they are going back out east and then coming back to Saskatoon sometime in the next couple months. Hopefully, they said they're coming back because they enjoyed our crowd so much because Saskatoon just really brought the laughs. And if there's one thing we can do to help bring more comedians back to Saskatoon is to laugh at their show. So uh, go check out Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And if you can, uh, check out the Two Deadly Show if it comes back. Uh, in the meantime, check out the Deadly Aunties um, and the Deadly Uncles from The Feather News. And this is Brennan saying, I'll talk to you soon, Saskatoon. Okay, thank you very much. So this is an older documentary, but I just discovered it on Netflix. It's called Into the Inferno. came out in 2016. It is directed by Werner Herzog. And more importantly, uh, narrated by Werner Herzog. Yes. So we might call this movie Into the Inferno. That's very good. He is hard to do an impression of. Well, I'm not going to do any more. Okay, well, you kind of nailed that, so we'll leave it at a peak. Uh, there's a very good Varnar in uh, Rick and Morty. And in Metalocalypse, too. And in Metalocalypse as well. So Varnar has been, I think, obsessed with volcanoes all, most of his life. And he has filmed volcanoes on a number of occasions. He is a celebrated filmmaker. His cinematography is always gorgeous. And you can see that gift throughout these clips of different volcanoes that he has filmed over the years. He partnered up with a vul volcanist. Sure, uh, yeah. Clive Oppenheimer a number of years ago when they were both on a climb to a, a volcano and became fast friends. And so since then they have journeyed to a bunch of different volcanoes and volcanic sites around the world. And the footage is really remarkable. Yeah, you know you're going to get some eye candy with a documentary about volcanoes, especially when the filmmakers are willing to put themselves and others at personal peril in order to attain that footage for your enjoyment. But aside from that, there are also some really cool interviews with members of communities that live near these volcanoes and talking about how it affects their life in positive and negative ways and also how it informs sort of uh, the, the spirituality of the places where they live and how these volcanoes are uh, an intricate part of these communities' histories and their folklore and so on. Yeah, that's what I was struck by the most too, because volcanoes are obviously fascinating in so many ways. But the people that they interview, because some are really remote, they're difficult to get to, they are not super sophisticated communities, some are tribal and so everything is built around the spirituality of the volcano. So it's fascinating how they have that view of it compared to, you know, cities like Japan and like Hawaii where you have cosmopolitan industry close to. So they have a different perspective on the role of the, volca the volcano in their community. Yeah, I think this was about a 90-minute documentary yeah. we streamed on Netflix. And, uh, you know, it's it's slow, it's informative, it's educational, but there's a lot of beauty and wonder along the way, too. There is. 
I also really learned a lot about, they talk about the safety part of it because they do put themselves at peril to film some of this, but they talk about how they try to be as safe as possible and compare themselves to other researchers who have not done so. And they showed some footage from a married couple yeah. who like took incredible movies, like right at the edge. Like they, and they eventually did die because of their foolhardiness and being so close to the volcano. Uh, wow. But just incredible. Like you, you just, you couldn't even do that now. Well, even before this eruption took their lives, I, from the footage we saw, it looked like they would have taken many, many pairs of shoes as well <laughs> because like they're walking on hot volcanic rock that is only recently solidified and yeah, watching it, I couldn't figure out how they were doing that without the soles of their shoes just melting. Yeah, it almost felt like it was done in front of a green screen because there's just no way that you could be that close to such high temperature. Yeah. It's really amazing. So the cultural perspective is interesting. The cinematography is beautiful. It's well worth the time put in to watch this show. Agreed. So check Wait. that out. Into the Inferno. It's on Netflix watch it okay another thing we watched on netflix is a new show called sanctuary uh, it is about sumo wrestling and there are two seasons of it it is uh, created by dan iguchi and the star of it is wataru ichinosi and he's sort of a bad boy oh is he ever a bad boy uh, who doesn't follow the tradition and the sanctity of the sumo tradition and yet he has all this promise. So they are investing in him. Meanwhile, there's a sort of echo story happening with a journalist who's kind of in the doghouse and is working on the sports slash sumo page because she's been kicked out of the politics and she has to redeem herself as well. And she's sort of like a bad, bad misbehaving person yeah we've always loved uh boxing movies you know rocky raging bull cinderella man the boxer the fighter i'm probably forgetting a few great ones but this feels like it's kind of cut from that same cloth but with a little bit different twist of bringing all the sumo culture into it which by the way is not all healthy it is uh, we've watched documentaries about sumo and it is a very bullying culture where the beginners have to be slaves to the more advanced wrestlers and do gross things. Yeah, so be prepared. Um, I mean, episode one will set you up for this quite nicely. You'll see some fairly intimate, disgusting <laughs> things going on in uh, what I believe they call a sumo stable. Yes, yeah, so right there, just the fact that they're, you know, equating these athletes with animals tells you, like, there's not it's not necessarily a, a haven for mutual respect. No, but if you're successful in the field, you will advance and be famous and adored and rich beyond measure. Yeah, so it's, um, you know, a series we're just getting into but we thought it was worth mentioning because it is a little bit different while also being a little bit familiar. Not unlike a Rocky movie, really, yeah. the way it's played out. 
Yeah, just and nice to have a new take, a new spin on that genre. Yeah. So check that out also on Netflix, Sanctuary. And that pretty much wraps up our week. So there are a few recommendations for you. Hope uh, you take us up on some some of them. Really ch try to get a copy of Sentences if you can. That's that's the my life winner. of the life of M. F. Grimm. Yeah. By Percy Carey and Ronald Wimberly. That was the best thing that crossed our desks this week. Absolutely. So you know where to find us here every Friday on CFCR at 6 p.m. And in the meantime, keep your dukes up.